Hello and welcome to the Yoga Magic Podcast, friends. I'm your host, Ashley Sondergaard. So glad you're here, friends. I'm tuning in live from the kitchen, telling the birth story of my beautiful third daughter, Stella. If you're like, what does this have to do with spirituality, self-care? Well, pretty much everything. (laughs) This journey has been the ultimate test of faith of manifestation. It has been a long journey, many years in the making, and it is, yeah, a real life manifestation come to fruition. So if you're someone who believes in manifestation, who practices any of the things that we talk about on this show, I hope that this story really provides you with faith, with confidence to not give up because if you keep going, it will come through. I truly, truly believe that. You know, there are things on my manifestation list that I have not gotten to yet. They haven't come in yet, but I know that they will. And this was that reminder. I needed this experience to be reminded that, yeah, if I don't give up, this will happen. So Stella's birth story is lots of ups and downs, lots of, you know, spiritual awakenings, many tests. And I've wanted to have the amazing Gina Sierra, the host of the podcast, Past Lives and the Divine, come in and guest interview, guest host. One, because she is one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. If you haven't already listened to her podcast, please do book a session with her. What she does is past life regression or past life hypnosis work, where you access past lives, help heal in this particular life. If you haven't already connected with her, please do. I'll link up some of the episodes that we've done together on this show as well as her show as well. And then secondly, because Gina is someone who isn't interested in being a parent. And when she is asking these questions and she's interviewing me, she's really coming from a place of complete curiosity. And I love that, that listening to understand. She understands that there's layers to the spiritual growth of all of our challenges. And that for me, this has been, you know, one of the bigger challenges in my life. And and I think, you know, the story will tell itself, but it's just so fun to have someone like Gina come in and, and ask the interesting questions. Backstory on Gina and my relationship, I met her as I was going through my real spiritual awakening four years ago. We met at like a weird HR event, like it was like a networking event, sat next to each other and immediately became friends. And I've learned so much from her. We actually grew up in a very similar area, um, really close to one another, a conservative area that has a lot of just different ways of thinking than we do now. And I think that's shaped who we are. And so it's nice to have a friend who gets it, who understands what it's like to sometimes be the black sheep, especially as it relates to faith and religion. So thanks so much to Gina for being here, for asking these such fun questions and being able to, and allowing me to tell this story in a really unique way. Quickly, before we hop into this conversation, um, lots of crazy astrology happening at the moment, friends. I know, I know, if you're feeling it, I think it's been happening a lot more on the collective level. I, I'm I, That's my take on it. If you're having, on an individual level, having a lot of chaos with you, like, yes, 
but it's also, this is big astrology, Saturn square Uranus. This is the third hit. Yes. Third hit last hit that we've been experiencing. And the first two were really tumultuous within the collective specifically in the United States. And I think we're feeling that now in a variety of ways. I don't need to recap what's happening in the world. You guys all know what's happening, all sorts of things, monkeypox, like shenanigans. I don't know. I can't, I've kind of pulled myself out of that news loop, but all you need to know right now is to take it slow. When there's hard astrology, when there's tough things happening, they're not causing, they're not causing this to happen, but they are asking you to just pull back a little. You don't have to force anything right now. You know, I talked last week about staring Mars in the eyeballs. Yes. Like don't hide from anything that's coming up. However, it's okay to double down on some rest. It's okay to double down on your self-care routines. We will get through this. We always do. And if you're just feeling some of it right now, this too shall pass always. If you didn't check out last week's episode, I shared a couple life updates, talked about what I'm doing for self-care. Next week, we'll be back to our usual interview content. Next week, I'm interviewing the amazing Colleen McCann, who is the founder of Style Rituals, and she speaks to crystals. And the idea of styling your life through crystals and practices, it's a really fun one. Please tune in. And then finally, friends, if you are new here, thanks so much for being a part of the Yoga Magic community. This show is all about self-care and self-discovery. Lots of it is through the lens of my life, but also I bring in so many awesome experts who bring in new ideas for self-care, for spirituality practices. If you ever have any questions or want to learn more, or want some episode recommendations, please shoot me a DM. You can find the show on Instagram at Yoga Magic Podcast, and you can find me at Ashley.Sondergaard. And finally, check out our newsletter if you want to be updated about upcoming episodes. I've been a little quiet on there over the summer, mostly because of baby, but we'll be back at it in the fall with events, with new episodes, with lots of helpful self-care tips. So if you want to get on that newsletter, there's a link for the free Discover Your Self-Care Style mini course. And when you sign up for that, you get that for free. And then you also get on our newsletter. I won't spam you, just sending you all the good dates. Thank you so much, everyone, again, for being here, for listening to this personal share this amazing story of challenge of manifestation. And again, thank you to guest host Gina. Make sure to check out her podcast link for that show. Past lives in the divine is in the show notes. Yeah. Thanks for doing this. I'm so excited. Oh my God. I'm like so honored that you, this morning I was having a little bit of like, am I really the one to be doing this? I, I really <laughs> feel like, well, and you have seen births too. Like you've been yeah. there. Like, what is it like to to view that from like a spectator, like a supporter. I don't even know. Cause I've never been only in the birthing person. Well, I do think it's like so spiritual. Yeah. I mean, it really is like a portal because as a person standing here or anybody imagining someone who is like, I mean, at one point for my first nephew, I was like videoing the birth. Right. So it's like, oh, everything's yeah. pointed at the vagina. So everybody would, <laughs> I think like at first it's like, uh, you know, when you're not in the room and in that space energetically, I think it's easy to be like, Ooh, that'd be kind of weird. Like, Oh, right. Right. But it's like, yes. And it is not anything you've ever seen before because it's just like, 
like you use the word portal, like yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just feel really, really honored that like there's three humans walking this planet and I was there like mm-hmm. when they came into the world. I don't know. I think it's, I think death is beautiful. I think equal and opposite is birth. And I just mm-hmm. think that um, there's so much like energetically around it that we can feel into that like would make it even more special mm-hmm. um, than just like the, oh, you know, the story of like, put the baby on your chest and now you're automatically in love. And then like for the majority of the people where it's like, that's not the case, then we all fucking start from day one feeling bad about ourselves. I know. <laughs> I mean, it's like, there's oh, just yeah. so much more to this. There's so and, much more. And we don't honor it or even acknowledge it or know it's there. Um, so then we kind of like hang our worthiness on shit that doesn't even matter, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Curious. I like being that person that is an, like a beautiful honor. And the people that yeah. were with me for most of my births have been my husband and then my sister-in-law and she photographed everything and she's been to like 50 some births and I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like, how does that work? Like, you just have to be like, you're like a fly on the wall, but also energetically, like you have to be pretty grounded in order to be able to be there for something like that. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm sure even having like a task, like photography would be way more. Yeah. Grounding or even, um, yeah, just the idea of like, take, I think of that, like the idea of taking photographs without actually taking the fi- picture, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, oh, I just want to remember this moment. Like, I just feel like when you are a photographer in that position, yeah. um, it's like, what a beautiful, like way to be grounded in the moment. Like that is actually why you're there, which is so cool. Yeah. And her pictures like the, yeah, the pictures that she's shared are like, whoa. <sighs> Okay, Ashley, how are you doing like today? <laughs> how many days out? How how many days old is Stella? How are you doing like today? And don't use the words good or fine. <laughs> okay. I don't ever, I don't normally use that. Um, I, know. <laughs> I like that. They use preface that though. Um, Stella's two weeks today. So I'm two weeks postpartum, which is kind of the like out of the rest period, like getting out of bed. Technically yesterday, we like were out and about a whole lot, but I'm, I'm doing I'm doing pretty great today. Um, you know, it's funny because it does like ebb and flow a lot. Like those first couple of days are so euphoric. Oxytocin is just pumping. I laugh because like women's bodies are so amazing. And like my, I've been, my body's been prepping for months and months and months. Like I know what sleep deprivation feels like I've been doing it. And I also get all these feel good hormones. That's just, I like literally feel like I'm high all the time. Like it's so great. <laughs> and I look at my husband and like, he didn't get any of those. And he, he kind of looks like, Oh shit. Like what just happened? I got hit by a bus. So <laughs> I'm feeling so grateful that like the body preps like that. Um, and then there's days where I'm like, like in the last two weeks where I'm, you get, you get the baby blues, which is super normal, um, where you're just like, I'm not like sad, but I am not, but I'm not like anxious, but I also am both of those things. Like, it's very strange just as hormones are regulating, but today is a good day. There's so much chaos in our house. The girls are playing floors lava. And so that means that like every item of decor is on the floor. So throw pillows and um, books and everything. And then they just step on everything. So trying not to like focus on that at the current moment. As an aunt, that's a very good game of uh, sit there while they go nuts. 100. (laughs) I can feed Stella 
for at least 30 to 45 minutes with them being totally fine. <laughs> yeah. It's just like some whoops and hollers from the adults sitting in the corners. Like, I feel like it's such a good game. It's a good game. It's just like, <laughs> as long as they clean it up, we'll see. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So you are fresh in it. If you think back to who Ashley was at this time, two weeks from having baby number one, like what is the difference between you then and you now? I mean, I'm sure it's a world, but like what bubbles to the surface today? Mm, Yeah. It's funny because you and I met in like the middle of this like whole situation, right? Like we, you, we met right when Rory was born, which was really like my true spiritual awakening. So the progression of like my understanding of who I am, my understanding of, of God, of spirituality, all of those things has really been sort of like bookended by my kids. And Lily, my first was, it was a big old hot mess, like trying to figure out what it's like to all of a sudden have to care for another child. And that two week mark with her, I just remember being like, I, this is insane. How do people do this? Like, actually, like, how do they take care of kids? Like, how do they not sleep? How do they breastfeed? Like, this is insane. And so it was her, you know, she was that initiation, which is awesome because she's a freaking Aries. So like that idea of like starting, like she's the catalyst, right? Like she starts things and is really like, yeah, I, I think that's just so perfect for like looking at her chart and her placements um, to be like initiated into motherhood by this like strong Aries energy. It was so it was also like amazingly blissful, but I I was so like just overwhelmed, I think, at this point with my first and people are always like, oh, you know, two to three is pretty tough, like going from two to three kids. I'm like, oh, no, let's talk about zero to one. That was the that was the <laughs> that I'm like, I, this is a lot. And I really value autonomy. Like I'm near he's rising. So like having that alone time, having the ability to do what I want is so, so key. And all of a sudden that was gone. So the initiation was hard and it got easier, but I remember, I mean, I've ta- I've told the story before in terms of like the work that I do. I remember sort of like hovering over my body about this time, about two weeks in and being like, you, you have to take care of yourself. You're going to deplete yourself. You're not going to be able to, to care for this child. And you have to stand up for yourself, especially as it relates to breastfeeding. There's just a lot of pressure and a lot of things that can be really tough in those early stages. So that was the like, whoa, okay, we're here, (laughs) fuel by fire. And by (laughs) the time, you know, we got pregnant really fast with Rory. So when Lily turned one, it was like literally like the next day, we're like, we're pregnant with Rory. So they're 22 months apart. But in between those two was really this like opportunity to take back the power that I knew that I had in order to really manifest Rory and like that relationship with spirituality and her birth experience. So Lily's birth was very, um, I don't know, it's kind of like typical for first births where like, I didn't have any expectations and I was mostly afraid. I mean, like most people are when they've never done it before. I remember watching this, um, the business of being born. Have you seen that documentary? It's very interesting. It's like, I think Ricky Lake is like, Part I feel of it. like I is it older? It's older, and like it's the idea of like you know interventions are pushed, and it's a lot more yes, about like wanting yes. natural childbirth. Anyway, so I'd never seen a, 
a childbirth my whole life. And we watched that movie. It was, I was probably like six, seven months pregnant. John and I were watching this documentary and I had the most like visceral breakdown I've ever had in my life. I just like lost it seeing a birth. Mostly like I was like really in wow and awe of this experience, but also was like really afraid. Like, oh, what? (laughs) That's what this looks like. So going into Lily's birth, I was like pretty, I don't know, just, you know, not, not necessarily like confident in my abilities yet. And her birth was kind of all over the place. She wasn't breathing. She had to go to the NICU for a while. Again, first births are kind of like that. In the end, everything was fine. It was totally fine. But like, it was just not what I envisioned. So with Rory, it was, I really wanted to manifest this experience. And so every morning I would wake up, my body would wake up and I would write down what her birth was going to be like. So I'd write down, okay, it's going to be four hours. I'm going to go into labor in the morning so that I had a nice rest. Um, you know, all, all these little details, I'm going to wear this, I'm going to have a breakfast and it happened. I did it. I mean, it 100%, every little detail fell into place. It was shocking. And that was when that was really my spiritual awakening. Like, holy shit. Like we are magical. Like this was it for me. And recovery was beautiful for her. It was just this like whole magical experience. Um, and that two week, you know, like checking back in with that two week period for her, we, it's funny. We were, I'm literally like feeding her on the couch and I'm like sort of looking at our ceiling and it starts to rain in our living room, in our brand new house. Oh, shit. <laughs> our roof leaked. But here's the thing. I was like, you know what? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. This is going to be insanely expensive. We have to redo our whole main floor, whatever. At the end of the day, like we're going to be fine. Everything is going to be fine. And that's kind of how I knew. I'm like, oh, this is a new world. This is a new world for me. Um, so, but you know, these, those two experiences were so different and this one too, this one's been wildly different as well, but it's like, I do feel like it's sort of the closure in this, like this, like triad of, yeah. of experiences and they all had different lessons. And so Rory again is an Aquarius and she's, she does what she wants. She, she chooses the path that she wants. And that so appropriately works <laughs> for her too. That's why I named her Aurora, the Dawn. She was my, she was my spiritual awakening. Did you choose, did, were you aware, like I'm going through a spiritual awakening at that time, or is that how you describe it in hindsight? I, I didn't, I don't think I maybe I did. I like, I knew something was bubbling as my body again was like, like yearning for this meditation time started to work in through work through these, these practices. Um, and like stuff started to really fall into place after I did that after she was born after, again, I was really committing to these, these practices that I hadn't been doing before. I mean, I've been practicing yoga for years and years and years, but like, yeah. wasn't really honoring the other limbs and like, you know, wasn't doing, wasn't living that lifestyle quite yet. Um, and it's when, after Roy was born, I would say probably more in hindsight that things started to really start laying out. I started to, I decided to go off on my own. You and I met, I started yes. to find practices that were just like, were a little outside of my bubble and I loved it. I needed that. I needed to get weird. (laughs) Yeah. It's great. It's so much better. (laughs) So much better. Okay. So in between Rory and Stella, 
you had, you had miscarried the twins, you had started astrology. And like you said, you found all these new, like just what were once weird practices that felt like home, felt like things you were interested in. Like, tell me a little bit about that transition and then like who you are today in reflection back on that, because that was a lot of time. Like, I mean, how old is Rory right now? She's four and a half. Yeah, that yeah, was like a it's long wild time. to mm-hmm. me that she's that old right now. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, wow, in reflecting and like thinking about this conversation, I was like, that's a long time um for just someone going through growth, evolution. I mean, your your job is different, I'd imagine, just with all your astrology knowledge alone, like that yeah. alone has had changed. So like, what do you want to share about that, about the transformation with the twins that you miscarried and then who you are now and then whatever with astrology. <laughs> and I, yeah. I have so many questions about Stella's astrology too. And just oh like, my gosh. we're Can't looking wait. ahead and like, oh my gosh. So whatever you want to share, like in that kind of transitional bucket, like those few years between. Yeah. You know, I- Growth, and I know you and I have talked about this so much, and I like you're working through growth as well, is like really messy and it's really painful and it's also amazing. Like it's, I'm so grateful for the last several years. And I would also say the last, you know, since, you know, COVID was one thing, fine, but like since the miscarriage really this has been like the hardest two years of my whole life, mostly because I, I was back in that fear state so much. I've done some episodes on this, like being constantly in a state of worry that something's going to go wrong or like just not trusting my body or trusting the universe. Like that felt disappointing because I had done all this work. I'd done all this work and I felt like, I, okay, we're here. We're connected. I'm in this powerful position. And then all of a sudden, you know, I lost that confidence um, when we lost the twins. So we lost them in April. Um, and I got, I took basically like a, like a trimester off and then was pregnant again <laughs> and not, okay. The funny thing too, is that like, I wasn't, we weren't planning to do this again. It was too scary for me to have to go through that again. And it was actually at our retreat in Seattle that I had really made that decision. I think I told you, I remember you saying that Yeah, we're done. We're not going to have more kids. And like, at the end of the day, I would sometimes like cry myself to sleep knowing that I wanted another one. Like I knew that I wanted one, but like, it was just too scary. So I got, I got in like the best shape that I'd been in for a long time. I was feeling so strong and so capable and just like knowing that like that chapter was closed and then, (laughs) then surprise, you know, we can track our cycles and do all these amazing things. And sometimes it is just destined to happen. So Mm -hmm. this was like very much, it was very much aligned that this was going to be the case. And at first I was like euphoric, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is such good news. I cannot And it's so totally meant to be. But then I started to get really afraid that, you know, I'd go through another miscarriage that we, so the, the twins we did find out, um, had down syndrome, which is why likely why I miscarried. Um, and 
you know, that was a, that was another thing that was always in the back of my mind. Cause I'm 36, right? Like this, I, I was 29 when I was pregnant with Lily. It was a totally mm-hmm. different ball game. And it, that does play a factor in, you know, what, what happens with pregnancy. So I was considered high risk. There's all these things. And I ended up having like the toughest pregnancy ever. It was such a wild, like flipping 10 months, whether, you know, it was excruciating carpal tunnel that I couldn't really do any work on the computer or sleep. It was so painful swelling beyond belief. I didn't, I didn't know I could have that much water in my body. And we'll come (laughs) back to this because that was actually like totally meant to be like, um, I had so much extra blood, so much extra water. I gained in the end, like 50 pounds. And I'm a, I'm a five foot tall person. It just felt so out of body. I felt so uncomfortable. And it, you know, at that point I'm like, why the F am I like, why am I doing this again? I didn't want to do this again. And I tried so hard not to be resentful of her because it wasn't, you know, it's not her fault, but it was just tough. It was just a really tough Mm -hmm. experience. Um, And so with this pregnancy, I, I just felt so tested. I, like it was the ultimate test, right? Like, do wow. I believe that I can do this again? Can I manifest this? Can I manifest that vaginal unmedicated birth that I, that I had with Rory that I wanted again, that allowed me to, you know, kind of set up this experience of, of healing and health for her and me. Like that was such a priority. And I, it was, I literally, like every test I could have, I felt like I was dealt. She was breech for so long. Um, and like with breech births, you know, you can have breech vaginal births, but they're really hard to find practitioners that will do it. There's literally like one in the like Wisconsin. I wouldn't have even made it if I would have had that doctor, but we decided to like, we tried everything to get her to flip. Um, literally like Hanson's in the pool, all these, just like all these funny practices, moxa. I mean, literally anything you can think of. People were messaging me all the time. Like try this. I'm like, done. <laughs> tried it, tried it, tried it. So eventually we had to actually manually flip her, which is if you guys want to Google something wild, Google, and it's called an ECV, an external cephalic version. Uh-huh. And they literally like two doctors have both of their hands, like four hands on the belly, and they guide the baby from the outside to go head down. So they literally just like push on the belly and the baby until the baby's head down. And they're monitoring everything to make sure because some babies don't handle it very well. It's like a 50-50 chance that it even works. And it worked. It worked for me. And she stayed head down because sometimes they flip back. She did it. She stayed. And in the end, we we got to have that unmedicated vaginal birth. And I literally was like, I didn't think we'd get here. I doubted myself. I doubted the universe, but like in the final hour, literally she was going to be induced on Monday. She came out on Sunday in the final, final hour, it all came into place. And it was exactly as I had envisioned it down to the detail. It was amazing. And I, all of that confidence is back. It's, it's like, okay you know, my guides, the universe, God, everyone has been with me the whole time. I just needed to believe that I could really do it. And I needed those tests. The last few years have been like the ultimate. Amount of yeah. Tests. Yeah. So, okay. I want to go, I want to pause right there. Cause I want to dig into that 
story. But when you think of that, like I often think of you and I have had these conversations both like on podcasts and off, but even like the idea of shadow work or like being tested or any sort of pain or fear or discomfort, like we automatically think we're losing. Yeah. I'm in a chapter of my life where I'm like, no, I think it's just like that. Like, I think it's just like, if you're open to a lot of pain, it's like you get the equal and opposite amount of joy and love and fulfillment on some level, unless it's like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So when I, when you're standing here, like feeling in your power again, what would you tell yourself or what would you tell someone who is just like, in a shitty spot, whatever, whether it's with pregnancy, with children, without children. Um, but just like in that spot where we, like you said, you feel like you're being tested dark night of the soul, however, people want to put sacred moment, like all these words around it. Um, like what would you say to yourself being back in your power now? Mm -hmm. I just don't think there's any way that you can have these moments of, of absolute joy, of absolute bliss of, I mean, truly like the highest of the high, if you don't have those lows, I just don't think it's possible. Like the human experience is to be tested. You know, we chose to reincarnate as humans. And is that an easy life? No, of course it isn't. So when we have those tough times and sometimes they're more prolonged, right? Like that's hard, but it also means that on the other end is something really, really amazing. And I don't want to minimize people's grief or loss or any experience, but I do believe that there is, there is always light at the end of the tunnel as long as we keep reaching for it. Right. Like we, yeah. Being on the other side, sitting outside holding her being in this state of like completion oh. is something I cannot, I couldn't have even imagined as I was going through that. There's no way I, I would have like anticipated it would be this glorious. So I don't know people are in this, that tough spot, like don't give up, don't give up hope. You'll be there at some point. Does that mean that like everything is perfect? Fuck no, no way. Like you know, I woke up and I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to get a little mastitis here. I got to figure this out. I'm getting sick right now. Like as we're speaking and you know what, it's fine. We're going to get through it. It's fine. We just, it's not, everything is not perfect, but it is that opportunity to be like, life is really good. It really is. Yeah. I, I feel that like in any sort of difficult time, like when you think of evolution or whatever, it's like, you feel amazing right now. I'm sure in the next however, you know, 80 years that you live longer, <laughs> like I'm sure you'll come into a bad time. Oh yeah. But I think that like for me, and I don't know if this is just me or where I'm at right now, but it's almost like I can tell how quote evolved I am or like how much better I'm doing because part of the way I can see that is when I circle to a difficult time, even if it is like this shit again, you know, or yeah, something yeah. brand new the amount of hope I'm able to just know and believe in my heart that this is temporary. It's not always going to be like this fucking a that's a huge relief. Right. And it seems so little and stupid, but it's like, I think it's easy in those times to just kind of tailspin. Like you said, like, Oh yeah, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like I gotta, and, and to like, know just what that is in you. And so she can't, I, okay. So at some point, either Instagram or something else you shared, um, 
she came in like two hours, you said. Oh, okay. So yeah. Like how did that happen? And when you're feeling that way, like, oh, I just can't like, you know, I just don't, I want to take my control back or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, are you having conversations with Stella? Like tell paint that picture of like how it happened. Like, how did it start? You know? Uh, birth is so wild too, because it's like, you know, as you have more children, like theoretically these experiences are like labor shorter. So Lily was, she was induced her, um, placenta had sort of like dried up. It was calcifying. And so we needed to get her out because she wasn't getting oxygen. So she was induced kind of like, let's get her out fast. So that was a 12 hour birth. Um, Rory's was completely, um, spontaneous labor four hours top to bottom like literally glorious like I had nice progressions I got to labor at home a little bit went home this was (laughs) this was insane um so I'd had nights and nights like a week of what's called pro dome I can never say it pro domal labor where you go into labor you have regular contractions but then they kind of like peter off so the first night I had them, I'm like, oh, these are very regular. They're not super painful yet. So I call my midwife and she's like, great, great news. You know, they're like, they're like 15 minutes apart. So then they're not close enough that I'm going to go to the hospital yet. She's like, well, actually we're um, full at the hospital right now. So, you know, we're going to just send you to another one. If you decide to continue <laughs> decide like what? Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm literally at that point. I'm like, okay, it it just, it just petered out no more. Like I fell asleep, woke up in the morning and I wasn't having any more contractions. And that happened for a week, every night of my body at midnight would go into labor nice. and, and, And these are, these are contractions that like are doing work. Like they're definitely, you know, moving her, but they're not necessarily like, um, it's not active labor yet. So I'm frustrated. I'm like two days over my due date and I'm talking to my dad. He's a chiropractor. And I'm like, dad, I think she's just in a weird position. I think she's like not optimally in the pelvis. Like she needs to be, um, what should we do? And my dad is like amazingly weird. Like he won't admit it, but he's into stuff like we are too. And so he's like, okay, we're going to I'm going to have you go upside down six times. Like that's what I'm getting to tell you to do is like, you're going to go upside down six times. So I did six inversions um, on this chair, like safe inversions. And it kind of like pulled her out of the pelvis. Um, And I also saw our chiropractor who was like, okay, we're going to do a couple of things. We just like repositioned her a little bit. And that night at midnight, I was like, oh my, this contraction woke me up. I had three of them, three contractions. And I'm like, these are insane. We have to go to the hospital right now. And luckily, because I'd known, I'm like, I just, I think this is what we need. I told my parents to sleep over so we could just leave. And I thank goodness that they were there because we had to go three contractions. We got in the car, we got to the hospital and they're immediately like, oh, you don't even have to go into a triage room. Cause sometimes they put you in a room where they like, make sure you're actually in labor. Oh, (laughs) just like awful. Like they're like, oh no, you can go into a delivery room. So you get into the delivery room, the midwife checks and she's like, okay, you can start pushing. (laughs) Legit. Like I, I was like with it in the car. It was in, I was in pain, but by the time I got to the hospital, it was like, we were transitioning. Like she was literally coming out. My sister-in-law made it in time as I started to push and I pushed actually for about an hour, which was pretty long for a third birth. Um, But she, again, she was sort of like in this interesting position. And so 
Yeah, those that first contraction was at midnight. She came out at 2.24 a.m. She was, I mean, which is very fast, very, very fast. And people have been like, is that, does that mean that like that was easier? Or and I'm like, no, that w- I felt like Rory's was like a progressive, like nice, you know, you you hit transition at the end, whereas this was like, oh my gosh, so oh <laughs> And then when she came out, you know, I will admit that like throughout that last hour, I was, I was like weeping. It was awful. And I kept asking for the epidural. I'm like, please, please, I'll just wait. I don't need to push anymore. And they're like, it's, it's going to take 45 minutes, honey. Like, just so you know, like we, it'll take a while to get the epidural here. You, cause they asked me right away. They're like, do you want to do this without meds? And I'm like, yep, I got it. I got it. And like 15 minutes in, I'm like, get, no, get the epidural. This is awful. <laughs> and like, they're like, it's going to just faster for you to push her out. And so, um, by the time I did actually push her out, like it was, oh, it was such a good feeling. And she came out perfectly healthy, just like amazingly beautiful. And the only thing that kind of went off course is that when the placenta came out, I ended up hemorrhaging, which I, I guess I didn't really realize this happens too much, but I just ended up losing a ton of blood back to that conversation about like my body had been so full of water and blood. I mean, beyond belief, I I needed it. I ended up being totally fine after this hemorrhage. Like my hemoglobin was great. Got a little bit of fever, but like everything was fine because my body was like literally prepping. It was prepping. And now I'm like, I think I lost like 30 pounds with that birth of just like stuff, you know, like the placenta and the baby and the water and the blood. It was, I mean, it was so meant to be. I, and again, this is why I'm like, okay, this was all part of the plan. So she, she was amazing. She immediately nursed. That was like another thing that I like so value is just like the breastfeeding process. And we were, yeah, we were here feeling, I just like, I I couldn't even believe it. Like all of this happened exactly as planned. It's, it was insane. So it went, it went so slow and then it went so fast. Yeah. Like what, what was kind of, did you have a plan for it? Like, um, and I guess I'm curious to know, like, because of just like her timing, like yeah, taking so long. And then also my question in there of like, because it's my understanding that like, usually your first pregnancy is like the longest pregnancy, the longest delivery, right. In theory, it gets a little bit shorter. So I'm just wondering, like, what you had planned, like the parts that you had planned, like, what was it like kind of the reality mm-hmm. versus the fantasy of the thing? You know yeah. what I'm saying? I do. Yes. And with, you know, with manifesting Rory's birth, I felt like there was like a level of superficiality to it that I really like the details were there. I like, I really like, I wanted this, you know, like a delicious breakfast and like, I wanted to wear this outfit. It was just like these funny things. And like, that was where I was at at this point. With Stella, I, I had there was two things. I wanted an unmedicated vaginal birth, and well, I should say three. I wanted her to be healthy, and I wanted to breastfeed right away. Those were it. That was it. So it was like not a lot of details, and like in my manifestation journal, like I'd have that, you know. 
the thing that I think, okay, maybe four, cause I really wanted to have the girls taken care of. Like, I didn't want to have to feel scared that like, I wouldn't make it to oh the hospital gosh. in time because, you know, somebody wasn't here for the girls. And my in-laws were amazingly helpful for like weeks, like three, four weeks on call every single night in the event that like wow. they needed to come over. They did come over one night when those first contractions started happening. So I had like the, the most support ever, but intuitively I like, I just knew that was the night. And so having my parents there and like, I went down to tell my dad, he was sleeping. I'm like, dad, we're going to the hospital. And he's like, yes. Cause I think he helped, you know, he helped this process. Um, so those, you know, those were like the few things. It's just, I wanted this birth experience that I'd had in the past. I wanted to not have to worry about the girls. I wanted everyone to be healthy and I wanted to breastfeed and I got all of those things. Yeah. That is really cool. Yeah. I'm curious now that Stella is here, um, you had mentioned it. Like we talked, we recorded a podcast at some point, like a few days before they like flipped her. And then you had mentioned it, I think on Instagram, you were like looking at the astrology. And, and so I'm curious when you like in all your meditation and manifestation and just mindfulness connecting with Stella before, while she was inside of you, before she came out, or even before she was like inside of you, you said you knew that she was kind of hanging around. I'm curious of like her being now like fully planted on earth for two weeks. And as you reflect back, it sounds like you were even maybe conscious of her, like even pre Lily. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. So I like, what is that? Like, what did you sense? What did you know about her? What is different now that she's like actually in your arms? What's the same? Can you, whatever you want to share along those lines. This is actually, this is funny. This is making me think about like some of the work that we've done in past life regressions in terms of like finding my girls in past lives. So Lily and I are very sisterly energy. Like when I find her, it's like, we're, we're sisters. And like, and that's so fun. Like it's a very playful, fun experience. Her moon's in Leo. Like, you know, she, so your moon for people that are listening is like really how you view your mother. So she views me as this like playful, joyful, fun, sometimes over the top in person. And like, that's our relationship. Rory and I have this like combo of like, she's the parent, I'm the parent, she's the parent, I'm the parent. So, <laughs> and we've seen this, we've had some like really interesting, um, past life scenes with her. And there's, you know, that makes it sometimes kind of tough because she wants to be in control and like girlfriend is so smart. She, I, I literally like, sometimes she says things I'm like, when did, what life did you learn that? That was amazing. Her moon <laughs> is Sagittarius. So she's like independent she yeah. is very wise. She's kind of a know-it-all. She, I mean, like, these are, I, their placements just blow my mind of how perfect yeah. this all is. So with Stella, I really felt super like interconnected and I don't, I don't like love throwing around the term twin flame, but like, that's kind of what it feels like to me of like, we're so interconnected. And when I did some energy work um, like a couple of weeks before we spun her to try to see if she would do it on her own. And the practitioner was like, she gave me um, a Shiva shell, which has like the swirls mm. on it. She's like, I, you know, you guys are just like swirling together. Like you're so, it's almost like you're like the same being in a way. And she's a cancer son, just like me. So like throughout this process, I've been doing throughout pregnancy, I'd been using the book spirit babies to just really connect with her and kind of understand like who she was. And 
I just kept getting the sense that like, she had been a part of the picture. Like she's the soul that chose me first. She just didn't quite want to enter until really, I think this whole process of loss and grief came. Like she's kind of this like healing, this healing soul. And so, you know, when she finally arrived, as I was starting to like, look at the chart, see what was coming. And I still hadn't gone into labor, you know, Rory came at 39 weeks. So I was shocked that I was still pregnant at like 40 in a couple days. I'm like, this is like, what's going on. And I start to see, I'm like, Oh, there's a Scorpio moon coming up here. Like the twins were Scorpios. Like this is 100%. Like this is when she's going to land. And Scorpio is all about transformation, right? So like her Uh, moon, her view of me is transformation. So literally when I saw that, and again, having this like intuition, like she's coming and like, this is, this is so perfect. And she's so deep. I just, her eyes are just like this black color. And you can tell that like, she, there's just a well of, of growth within her. And now, I mean, it's partially because she's my last baby, but I, I can't, I can't put her down. Like this hour will be the one hour that I will not be holding her the entire 24 hours (laughs) (laughs) because I I'm like, I can't even, I am obsessed. And I was, I don't want to like minimize if my, my girls ever listen to this and think like they they weren't, it's, it's just that they didn't necessarily need that. Like, they're like, I'm good. You put me down. You know, they're independent Queens, like 100%. Whereas this is like, this is a bond that I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how we grow up together. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I completely agree. And even just like, that makes total sense to me because if you've had lifetimes with someone, like you feel that way when you meet them, it's like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know I was missing you. And not only that, but like, Mm. you've been conscious of her energy on some level for so long. Like not only in this pregnancy, you strike me as just like more connected, more present, more solid in like who you are. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that, yeah. So just to, it's interesting to me to hear you say that. And just you two have been, it's like moving closer and closer in this life. And now mm-hmm. you're finally together. And mm-hmm. so it just makes sense that, like, yeah, oh my gosh, that makes total sense. Like, not to like honeymoon phase, I think is a really cheap way to describe it. <laughs> but like, essentially, like on some deep, beautiful level, it's, I'm sure. It's that. And then on top of it, just your realization, like, I didn't think I would have this baby. I, I thought I was done. Now I know I'm done. Like yeah. it's done on two levels, you know, there's that and completion. So, yeah. yeah. 100%. You and John, you have talked about before, um, how you and John aim to be B plus parents. Is that how you say it? <laughs> yeah. I love that you remember that. Yes. <laughs> I, I honestly, I think I think that people take parenthood so seriously that it ruins their lives. Uh, I agree. I agree. (laughs) Or, or becomes like this, like really heavy, heavy thing that they carry. And yeah. Yeah. And it like, it breaks my heart on some level. And then on some level, like I totally get it. I mean, I'm someone who actively chose to not have kids for a million reasons. One of them is, is like, I would be fucking terrified, Mm -hmm. like (laughs) of this world. Um, so to me, I think when I look at it, because I have my own baggage and my own life experience, to me, I think like the aiming to be like B plus parents <laughs> or however you said it must be just such a relief of like, yeah, and we're not getting it perfect. No, 
it's like, not even yeah, close. My, you know, it's like I dropped the F-bomb every fifth word. <laughs> like if I had a kid, that would only make sense that they would do the same, but I would like beat myself up about it. So I just, I think that that I'm wondering, like, is that still a thing in your mind? Oh. And how does that translate like today? Is it something you think of, or is it just kind of like automatic of like, well, <laughs> It's it, yeah, I, I, they're just so, there is so much pressure and I'd be, I'd be lying if I said, I don't feel that pressure as a parent. I don't, you know, I definitely have mom guilt, but there's like, we do, we literally tell all of the girls teachers that like, Hey, so we're for sure B plus parents. We try really hard, but we forget a lot of things. And like the girls pick out their own clothes. They look kind of chaotic, you know, whatever. It's like, the stuff that's important is there. And the, what is important is that they feel loved, that they feel supported, they feel seen. And right now, you know, it's funny because like with breastfeeding, breastfeeding is like so tough. It's such a, it's, it's so people don't really realize, I think how much of a job it is. And I even forget in between. And we've been struggling to get supply up just like mostly because of the hemorrhage, like energy wasn't quite there. So it's just like taking some time. And now I'm like, whatever, like, give me the formula so that we, she can feel satiated so that I can actually nurse her. We can get to that place. So just things like little things like that, of like, we're going to be fine. I mean, the amount of TV, my older girls have been watching lately is insane, but I, I, I don't have all the hand, you know, hands in order to like make it happen. So we're going to watch tangled 27 times like it's fine it's gonna be fine and I've had a lot of mentors and parents say the same thing to me it's like you know what your well-being is what has to come first because there's no way I mean this is literally why I do what I do is that we forget that if we want to take care of others whoever that is our kids, our partners, our dogs, our family members, whatever it is, we have to take care of ourselves. And yeah. that's still very much at the forefront of my mind. Like today I needed to get my meditation in. John wanted to go for a bike ride. And I'm like, all right, girls, like floor is lava for 45 minutes. Yeah, like, no Mom's going to sit outside with Stella and meditate. Like you do you. And they love, they love it. It's fine. Um, those expectations of, of, being super mom is not real. And I have a lot of help right now. I think I would be so, it would not be fair to, to lie and say that I'm doing this all myself. I am not. I have John, he's been home for two weeks. I've got a postpartum doula who comes twice a week and helps me with all sorts of things around the house. Like I've had family bringing food. I'm going to do some meal delivery. I'm like everything that I can possibly do to make this easier on myself. I'm doing with, you know, within a certain budget in order to be able to do it. And that's so key. I'm not a super mom. Nobody is. And why we pretend that we're going to be is it's just letting other people down. It's letting ourselves down. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've also personally in my life just been really focusing on like friendship and what it means to me and what kind of friend I have been and who do I want to be. And I feel like even if you're not in a position, I just feel like the way we go about life just leaves a lot to be desired. So Mm -hmm. even, I just think of like, even if someone didn't have like the monetary means to like hire different people or whatever. I just feel like wouldn't we be benefited to be like, Hey, we're friends. We're about the same age. We're going to have kids at about the same time. It happens anyways. Like I just, you know, even like forming structures like that, because here's the thing is like, it doesn't matter how it gets done. I don't think we're meant to do it alone. Like I just don't No, We never were. No, I think this is a, a 
it's, I mean, honestly, it's the patriarchy, right? Like it's this like mm-hmm. evolution of like mom takes on everything. And I, I did an episode on postpartum um, self-care and we talk about this again, this, like, it's not possible. It's not possible to do this alone. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. There's no way. And I just, I think of the pressure I felt as a wife and I can't imagine being wife and mom mm-hmm. like that pressure is just even, and even though people will be like, yeah, but da, 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 da. I mean, Alex and I, I do not see myself in the wife role. We were at a plant nursery yesterday and I was sitting on a bench and Alex was checking out because he was buying plants and the woman like literally yelled at me and she goes, come over here. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> what do you need? And she started telling me how he should take care of that plant. And I go, ho, ho, ho. I am not in the wife role. Did you see that? The plant? Yes. Yeah. I go, he's buying the plant. You can tell him how to do it because on the flip <laughs> yes. side, it's like, we're forced to do everything. But then like we, in order to do that, we like all the men around us suffer because everyone's telling them they can't do it. You know what I mean? Like I do. It's that whole thing of like, everyone suffers under that kind of thought of like, as a woman, I look at a man and it's like, you got it easy, but it's like on the flip side, like there are things that are like keeping them down too. Oh, that don't feel good. Right. So yeah. But I, all there I was, to say is like, life is hard. Like when you bring in more people, it just is better, you know? Yeah, that is true. Sometimes I'm like, oh, there's a little too many people in our house, but even like, <laughs> I think that's a good point about, you know, like putting partners in those positions. Like there was a moment in the hospital where there, the pediatrician was coming in to give us kind of the lowdown on her and all the things. And like, I, I knew she was fine. I'm not, I wasn't like stressed about it. And I, I needed to take a shower. I was still covered in like blood. I mean, like, I'm like legit, like I need to take a shower right now. And I trusted, I'm like, you know what, John can have this conversation. I don't need to be here. He can regurgitate it to me. And I could tell that the pediatrician was a little like, are you, are you really like leaving right now? And I'm like, you know what, this is fine. There's two of us here. You're going to tell me all the same things, right? Like, let, put her to bed on her back. Like, all the, like I know this. I know it. We're good. Like, calm down. Uh. Yeah, it's so it's so wild to me. And it's just like a lot of pressure on, on people who have been socialized and people who show up in roles where they are like the feminine portion of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So anything else that you want to cover that we didn't cover anything else that like popped in your mind, but you didn't want to go down that tangent. Oh man. I like wrote, I wrote this like, Oh my God. Stella's astrology. Well, so we've touched on her son, cancer son, twinsies for me, her Scorpio moon. Like, I just think homage to the twins and to this transformation. And then her rising is Taurus, which is what her dad, um, dad is his rising sign is too. So Oh my God. That is so cool. I know. I know. They're like, it's, she's just like the amalgamation of everything. She looks like when her eyes are closed, she looks like Lily. When her eyes are open, she looks like Rory. It's wild. Like they're little, she looks like that is both. That is so crazy. Yeah. 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 And I was like a little bow on top writing notes on what, you know, what, like I wanted to remember about so much of this and, you know, everything from like the bees, like seeing all the bees and like having that like idea of, you know, this community, right? Like bees and that like community sense. And even just knowing, you know, at the end of the day that 
I felt like super supported. Um, I was just telling you before we started recording, my sister-in-law, again, who took photos and was there, she texted me this morning. She's like, did you know you were in room 444 when you were delivering? And that's the number, that's the guardian angels number, right? Like that you have your guides there. I was like, oh, of course, like that makes so much sense. So would there be, you know, her being there as, as that earthbound help, John being super grounded, John catches all of our kids. So he, he caught all three of our girls. (laughs) So the first hands that touched, you know, outside of me were his. And, and then just knowing too, that like on a spiritual sense that the, the guides were there as well. I just, I, I still like, if anyone is ever questioning parenthood because I did for so long I don't I really don't like kids I don't I just (laughs) it's so funny that like here I am but like I love my kids and this this whole experience it's just I cannot imagine not going through it so there's an ounce of questioning of whether or not you want to like you think you maybe do you know, lean into that. Also, if you're like, no, that's so good too, because it's a lot of work and I don't, (laughs) you know, if it's not something you want to do, I don't, you know, don't do it. Yeah. That's so funny. I was always on the fence of like, I don't know. And then the moment my sister had my first nephew or whatever, um, like my oldest nephew, I was so in love with him. I couldn't believe how obsessed with him I was. Yeah. And I was just like, this ain't a job for me (laughs) being that close. And my sister was like, I think she was just like a a few weeks postpartum. And she was just like, if you are not ready to tattoo this on your forehead, this is not a decision you make. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. This, I think this is not for me, but then there are plenty of people who are like, it's different when they're your own. So I just, what I think is like so cool. And I'm so thankful to you, Ashley is like, I, as someone who doesn't have kids, oftentimes people will be like, assume I don't like them. And while I don't want to take care of them, I find them interesting. Yeah. So anyway, I just, I loved having this conversation and I just can't wait to see just, um, your connection and how it grows like in motherhood and just how that fuels you and just who these little, little ladies grow up to be, you know? Yeah. Oh, thanks for doing this, Gina. You're just such a good friend, good interviewer. I can't wait to do a regression and see some of the actual lives that her and I have been together because they're going to be amazing. I cannot wait. Yeah. And even, I bet you'll kind of get a flavor for it. You yeah. know, all your late yeah. night feedings and quiet time together, like That's even just true. like as your mind wanders, I, I wonder if you, a lot of people when they have, when they have a lot of downtime and they meditate or they pay attention to their dreams, they come in for a first, a first time past life regression. And they'll be like, oh, I've been dreaming about this for years. It's like when we're open, these things actually do come in. We just kind of think that they're like a daydream or whatever. So it'd yeah. be interesting to mm-hmm. see like all your presence and downtime and just how you're really taking care of yourself, like postpartum, moving slow, that sort of thing. Um, even just like, as those hints come in, even like twin flame and like, what does that mean to you? I mean, mm-hmm. you and I could do a conversation on twin flames. I have so many questions, but like, even what does that mean to you? And then in the sense of like, not lovers, a lot of people right, will like use right. soulmate as like lovers. I feel like people are now using it more as like platonic or friends or even um, with their kids. But that evolution will be really cool too to watch. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. 
Thanks so much for being here, everyone. If you enjoyed this episode, consider sharing it with someone, someone who is working on a manifestation or is preparing for birth or is a new mama or is just interested in this idea of spirituality. You can also support the show by giving us a five-star review following us on Instagram at Yoga Magic Podcast. Thanks so much, everyone. I'll see you next week.